Welcome to Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Thank you, folks, for joining us this week on Building the Bakken, the most trusted energy brand in the Bakken today. As I mentioned a moment ago, Building the Bakken is part of the Crude Life Media Network. We're not a political program. Nope, no polarizing talk here. Just facts, conversations about the energy industry, information you need to live your life. Here at the Crude Life Media Network, we generate positive energy. With programs like Building the Bakken, we're able to tell the stories about the people involved with the communities and the companies within the industry, those who are involved with the evolution of the Bakken oil field and the oil and gas industry. My name is Jason Spies. I'm your host, and we've got a fantastic program in store for you today. All right, are you ready for this? Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority gives us an update on the crude oil, natural gas, couple records set in the month of July. Plus, he's going to take a look at 2019 and what to expect. We talk about the rail, we talk about the pipeline capacity, all kinds of information for those people involved with the oil and gas industry. Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority, just in a little bit here on Building the Bakken. And then we've got a case for you an interview about a case, excuse me, involving the oil and gas mineral rights out in western North Dakota in Lake Sakakawea. The state of North Dakota obtained about 10,000 mineral acres from private landowners out in western North Dakota. You're not going to believe this one. So stick around for Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm. He explains the situation. He's the attorney working on the case out there. And uh, the North Dakota Industrial Commission ruled in favor of the government over the landowners. You're going to want to stick around for that interview just a little bit later on in the program. We've got a fantastic program in store for you today. Uh, In just a moment, we have an update on the Meridian Energy Group's Davis Refinery coming to Belfield, North Dakota. It's kind of a little bit of a music montage update, so uh, it's a little bit easier listening to than just me talking about it. And just a real quick recap of the Davis Refinery. It's going to take about 150 acres out there in western North Dakota, Billings County, east of the Freiburg Rail Facility in Belfield, North Dakota. Of course, you know that's like the heart of the Bakken out there. And what they're going to do is 49,500 barrels per day. That's how much the capacity is going to be for the Davis Refinery. So the Davis Refinery is really going to look at refining products from local crude oil out in the Bakken to serve the regional markets. So the reason this is such a big deal is because this is the first greenfield refinery built in the United States in over 50 years. So it's going to be the industry standard globally. So what's going to end up happening is after this Davis refinery is built, it is now going to be the new standard. So a lot of exciting things are happening out there. A lot of people wondering what's going on with the Davis Refinery. When there's something of the big magnitude and the prominence, when you're talking about setting a new standard in clean technology, everybody is making sure the I's are are crossed and the T's are dotted, or if it's T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, I forget. Either way, there's extra people involved making sure that this thing is going to be state-of-the-art, it's going to be the cleanest of technology, and it will set a new standard. Okay, enough of me talking here. And this is Building the Bakken Radio. My name is Jason Spies, and what we have here is a Davis Refinery Update. Smoking, I'm joking with the people that I know. I'm thinking, I'm drinking, I'm spinning, I'm grinning. Hope my car starts when I go. 
to build the cleanest, most efficient, full conversion refinery the oil and gas industry has ever seen is no easy task. But anything worth doing right should never be easy. A project born just a few short years ago out of a vision of technological advancement and executed with a directive for innovation and profitability has now proven itself a reality. The Davis Refinery, Meridian Energy Group's trend-setting agent of change, was thoroughly cited and approved in 2016 for its location in western North Dakota. The cleanest and most efficient refinery was Meridian's primary objective, and this goal was fully realized in June of 2018. With nothing like this ever having been attempted before in the industry, the review of the Davis Refinery was an extensive one. Meridian set out to prove a refinery of Davis's volume and complexity could attain emission levels so low it would qualify as a synthetic minor source. And after an extensive 18-month review by the North Dakota Department of Health, Meridian was issued the permit to construct for the Davis Refinery, the first minor source project of this complexity. This permit process came with more scrutiny and examination than anything that preceded it. Numerous governmental agencies were called in to offer analysis and review, and thousands of comments were heard as to the scientific soundness of the Meridian model to back its claims. In the end, Meridian's engineering held true, and the permit was issued. A historic moment, and one that the industry at large recognized. Meridian's engineering, design, and proprietary technology, the new gold standard in emission controls, proved it could attain and maintain the lowest achievable emission rates the industry has ever seen. Leak detection monitoring, optical gas imaging, double-sealed connections are just several advancements Davis has utilized to position itself as the most unique project in the industry. Comprehensively leveraging the best available control technology will not only serve to power the cleanest refinery in the world, but also develop some of the cleanest refined products in the industry. The Davis project will now serve as the blueprint to be replicated. A refinery so clean and profitable, it can be placed anywhere in the world as the company moves into other U.S. shale plays. The expansion and progress Meridian has undergone in just two short years in both its North Dakota and Houston locations have paved the way for a highly profitable venture, one that the company fully intends to replicate. The extensive experience of the Meridian leadership team has enabled Davis's compliance at every turn and mitigated all the risks associated with siting, permitting, and engineering. The financial projections are clear and reliable. Meridian, a first-mover company designed with cleaner fuels in mind, began with the Davis Refinery and will expand with more trend-setting projects as it grows in the coming months and years. Meridian Energy Group. Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable Hatch Coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about Hatch Coaching. When you get to know Eric, and he is so willing to share with you how growing up, you know, his life was impacted by an outstanding mom um, and the challenges that he may be faced. When he's willing to open up and talk about those things, you're immediately drawn in. And that's that vulnerability um, that I think that he has said, he has publicly said, it's okay to be yourself. Um, and it's, it's okay for you to make mistakes along the way. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. 
or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Stop you it. need a raise. Hello, my name is Otis with the, another episode of the Kids in Capitalism KidCast here with Miss North... Miss North Dakota, right? Miss America. Miss America. Mm-hmm. And we're going to ask you some questions. Is that okay? Sounds great. Sounds good. All right. Uh, what was your first job and how old were you when you got it? Oh, my very first job. I was a dance teacher and I was 13. Okay. Uh, what advice do you have for young entrepreneurs like me? Oh, go for it. Um, don't be afraid of failure. Um, never be afraid of innovation uh, because that's we're definitely going to be the generation that instills that. And, you know, we have so many issues facing our society that there's no textbook answer for. And so we're definitely out-of-box thinkers. Um, so instilling that in, uh, innovation and also working well in teams. All right. Well, thank you for that. And I think that concludes our interview. Thank you for taking time out of your day to do this interview. I greatly appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard of the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Association. Justin Kringstead, director of the North Dakota Pipeline Authority. All right, and uh, thank you for joining us here. Kind of looking to get an update and a year in review, if you will, kind of the end of the year thing here. Um, I know that a lot of annual meetings are going on. Of course, at the Petroleum Council meeting, kind of some big news came out about the future of the Bakken. and we'll get to that in just a second. But the last um, kind of director's cut, uh, my, my, my recollection is we have record highs in both crude oil and natural gas. Is that right? Correct. And so uh, this summer, as the industry worked its way through the, through the downturn and through the winter months and, and coming into the summertime, uh, we have seen production start rising, not only for crude oil, but natural gas as well. Natural gas liquid is associated with that. Um, so all three of those commodity streams are at all-time highs. And, and uh, from my perspective, having to look at the marketing of those products and, and how do those uh, commodities get to consumers around the, the U.S. So let's talk about that. I wanted to ask you about, you know, the, the record portion of it. You know, we're not talking... You know, oil prices are good, but they've been better. Are are they shaving money at the rigs? You know what I mean? Saving money, I call it shaving money. Um, or is there, you know, more rail happening to take it away? I guess, is there anything that's kind of leading the charge for us to get a record production? Well, I've been a combination of a few things taking place. First, the, the price levels today um, are, are more than adequate to get uh, industry 
interested in, in not only the core portion of the Bakken, but now working their way outside of that core. And so during the downturn, everyone saw uh, the industry condense. Uh, rigs were, were laid down, and but the remaining rigs were all concentrated in that core area of the play. Um, as prices started to return to uh, higher levels that we've seen here in 2018, the industry not only continued to stay very, very active in that core area, but as well uh, moved outside of the core. So we're seeing more activity in, say, in Williams County, uh, northern Montreal County, uh, and, and areas that hadn't seen much interest for several years. And along with the pricing, the, the second major factor that led to North Dakota being the position it's in is the, the technology changes. Um, I can't emphasize that enough uh, to your listeners that the technology that, that's been developed over the last several years continues to um, astound just about everyone. Uh, these wells that are getting drilled today are, are significantly better than they were, say, five years or, or more ago. And so it, it takes less well completions to have uh, quicker rates of, of production growth in, in the area. And so all those things coming together uh, are leading to what's expected to be continued growth for, for many years. Well, I think that technology side is really exciting. You know, I mean, it brings in a whole new world of refracts. And the more, what, what are we at, about a 10% of uh, understanding of the Bakken? Is that the number I saw last time? Well, a more consistent number now is typically about 12 to 15% is, is what the industry believes that they can uh capture with today's technology uh, okay with the tighter well spacing and the better well completions um 12 to 15 is a pretty fair number today whereas you, several years ago just the single digits of percentages and five percent or less were some of the earlier beliefs um, when this play really got going almost 10 years ago well it's really exciting too because it adds a new layer of uh, job opportunity for those uh kind of the white collar jobs if you will the figure out that technology to make it so it's more efficient in order to do the fracking. And um, it's exciting. If For me, it is. I don't know. I, I, th I think it's pretty cool. I, the oil and gas industry really excites me. But um, talk to me about how they're getting it away from the wells now. You know, we've got pipeline. We've got rail. We have trucks. I tell you, I was in Fargo the other day and had to wait at a, at a train train uh, light for about 20 minutes because it looked like they're at max capacity now for a lot of the crude oil um, BNSF tankers. So are, are we seeing a pretty good increase in rail? Or I, I'm sure the pipelines are max. They've been max for a while. Yeah, so, so getting that, so if we talk just crude oil now and, and how that's getting to market. And so um, the, the oil that's being produced, majority is still leaving the region by pipeline when we look at just a pure market share, you know, about 71% is moving out by pipe. Uh, the remainder is either being refined locally, which is a much smaller percentage, around 5 or 6%, and then uh, roughly a fifth or 20% is is going out on the rail cars. And so um, while the percentages have been increasing, uh, along with that, the, the volumes have been increasing. So uh, nowhere near the peak amount of, of rail traffic for crew by rail that we saw say back in the 2013-2014 type of time frame when at its peak, North Dakota was moving over 800,000 uh, barrels of oil per day by rail car. Those numbers are much smaller today, but they are growing. And so now estimates are right around 275,000 uh, some odd barrels per month leaving by rail car. Um, and that number is expected to continue uh, to grow. Uh, one of the, the more
more immediate challenges for the industry right now on crude oil is that my expectations are that by early next year, uh, the production levels uh, within the U.S. portion of the Williston Basin will exceed pipeline capacity again. And so the industry will, is today electively using uh, crude by rail because there's some market advantages to doing so. Um, but very soon, the industry will move out of that elective scenario into uh, market forces uh, driving any excess production onto the rail networks. Uh, we'll transition into natural gas because uh, I, I saw quite a few articles on One Oak and the investment they're putting into the pipeline and I guess ga- uh, g- gas gathering, if you will. Uh, where, where are we at with the natural gas in terms of you know shipping it to market? Yeah, so natural gas has, has a number of, of challenges associated with it. And so uh, for folks that aren't familiar with the natural gas from the Bakken and Three Forks system comes up with the crude oil. So it's produced together. It's not something that industry can, they can't produce the crude oil without the natural gas. And so that natural gas, as it comes up, needs to be handled appropriately and marketed um, in the most efficient manner. And so in North Dakota, Everyone's familiar with the challenges that the industry has had with gas capture and making sure that as much of that gas goes into the sale pipelines as opposed to the flare pits. Um, when we look at what was taking place this summer, uh, about 18% of the gas was being flared in the month of, of July, which is the most recent we have. And so the root causes for that flaring is several things have to be in place in order to have a complete gas capture system. The gas gathering, so the small network of pipelines out in the field themselves, those have to be adequately sized um, and in the right location. And their job is to move that gas from the wellhead to one of the processing facilities in the state. And so the next phase that that needs to be in place is having adequate plant capacity. So um, having the facilities that can take that natural gas in its raw form from the from the wellheads, clean it up into the various components that you and I use as consumers. And then the third phase is the long-haul transmission. So moving either the dry and the methane gas to communities like Bismarck, Fargo, Minot, um, or moving the natural gas liquids from those gas plants, the propanes, butanes, um, those other commodity streams. And so right now, the most pressing issue in North Dakota is on the localized, the gathering infrastructure and the processing infrastructure. Mr. Justin Kringstead, hold that thought for just a moment. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with the Executive Director for the North Dakota Pipeline Authority, Justin Kringstead, right here on Building the Bakken Radio. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. 
Over the past few months, I've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is. Don't just take my word for it. Listen to what Christy Huber, president of the United Way of Cass Clay, says about hatch coaching. One of our programs was where we asked Eric Hatch to come in and speak to this group, and it ended up being a group of about 90 emerging leaders, um, and talk to them about leadership lessons. And Eric just did a phenomenal job of reaching out and talking about uh, leadership from a very uh, personal perspective. He is one of our best leaders in the community talking about being vulnerable and what that has meant to him in his leadership journey. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Well, I was two years old when John Lennon died. Well, I was 23 when George said goodbye. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, we continue our conversation with Justin Kringstead, Executive Director for the North Dakota Pipeline Authority. The gas gathering, so the small network of pipelines out in the field themselves, those have to be adequately sized um, and in the right location. And they, their job is to move that gas from the wellhead to one of the processing facilities in the state. And so the next phase that, that needs to be in place is having adequate plant capacity. So uh, having the facilities that can take that natural gas in its raw form from the from the wellheads, clean it up into the various components that you and I use as consumers. And then the third phase is the long-haul transmission. So moving either the dry and the methane gas to communities like Bismarck, Fargo, Minot, um, or moving the natural gas liquids from those gas plants, the propanes, butanes, um, those other commodity streams. And so right now, uh, the most pressing issue in North Dakota is on the localized, the gathering infrastructure and the processing infrastructure. And so some of the industry reactions to that, uh, there are eight projects over the next roughly year and a half that are, are scheduled to, to come online uh, that will add about 1.1 billion cubic feet of additional gas processing plant and gathering capacity in the region. So uh, it's it's been a challenging uh, number of months as the industry has ramped up here this summer. Uh, some relief will start coming into play, hopefully within the next uh, several weeks as one of the first plants is scheduled to come online. Uh, when we look at all that investment from a dollar perspective, 
uh, roughly about $1.7 billion just on gathering and processing uh, slated to come online here in the next year and a half. So uh, substantial reaction from the industry to, to, to help address this challenge. Again, it, it's something that has always been challenging for North Dakota. That, that the real root cause, again, is that the, the well, the technology are performing much better than the systems that were originally designed uh, to handle. So the, the engineers and the, the pipeline companies, the systems they built with all the best intentions and knowledge base have an appropriately sized system technology uh, pushed the envelope uh, much faster than anyone anticipated. So production was coming out at much higher volumes uh, than those systems were, were capable of handling. And so we're in a situation now of expansion and, and new builds, and we expect that to continue for many years to come. That's going to make quite a dent. Uh, isn't one like One Oaks... Um pipeline that they're putting in there is it is, is that going to allow for more uh crude oil to be shipped out because i kind of see where that you know that flaring uh, edict if you will by the industrial commission kind of is a checks and balance on how much crude oil can be pumped out of the bakken on a daily basis you know the governor wants to go to two two million barrels well you know we got to get the natural gas side in order in order to make that happen is that is that a fair statement it is fair that, that you know, ensuring that the, the companies are, are meeting the regulatory requirements, especially on the gas side, in order to continue to produce uh, the oil side of the, the revenue stream, which for the vodka and Three Forks, the vast majority of the economics are, are made on the, the crude oil right. side of the play. And so, um, so the companies do, however need to continue to invest and make sure they're monetizing the remainder of that value and that natural gas stream. How about some of these science projects that, you know, these natural gas science projects, you know, there's a hundred of them out there and they, they all do good work, but you know, the, sometimes the economics aren't there. Is, is the increase in the um, crude oil, is that, is that um, these little science projects getting some work out there, helping these guys out? Cause I do see when the pipelines are full, the pipelines are full. I mean, you can only do so much. So you got to get kind of inventive on ways to, you know, either ship it out by crude crude oil or get a little science project in order to get your natural gas side figured out. So do you know much about that? Do you know what I'm talking about? Some of these LNG guys and, you know, they, they produce yeah. diesel right on site or what, if you will. Yeah, so there's a number of different, you know, typically I, I refer to them as the, the alternative technologies. They're, they're not the traditional gathering and processing that the industry used to. It's an alternative method. Well, that's more of a, you know, that's more of a politically correct word than the little science projects, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and there's numerous different techniques that they're, they're using. They, they may uh, have different techniques of, of capturing the natural gas liquids on site. They may use it for the natural gas stream for power generation or compressed natural gas or liquefied natural gas. So, so many different projects and, and absolutely um, those projects uh, are needed as much now as, as ever for the industry. And there's, I would say, a very high level of interest and expansion for those technologies because there are areas of the play that realistically um, the pipeline infrastructure will, will not be adequate for for quite some time and just because of the schedule of events uh, leading up to the, some of the expansions and uh, projects like those uh, are critical for some operators to continue to meet their their gas capture requirements um how about kind of just a, a year in review if you will um is there anything that stood out from your standpoint from the 
pipeline authority standpoint that, you know, we're kind of near and now. And like you said, a lot of annual meetings happening. So I imagine you're probably doing some presentations at those. But is, is there anything that kind of, you know, stands out to make, you know, 2018 the year of XYZ? Well, the 2018 was the year that, that things started to, to definitely turn around for the industry. It's been several years of, of low activity levels, uh, lower uh, production levels. And so 2018 was really the, the big turnaround year. And uh, the growth has begun again. And with the price forecasts that are out there from various organizations, the expectations are that this growth is going to continue. You know, we've got typical North Dakota winter challenges, but the, the general trend is going to continue to be upwards for, for many years. And when I look at the transportation needs, every single sector will need pipeline expansion work, whether that's the natural gas from the, the local gathering, natural gas from the transmission, crude oil gathering, crude oil transmission, NGLs, every one of those product streams, when we look at the growth potential and, and infrastructure that's currently in place, is not going to be adequate. And so every one of those segments, we will continue to see investment and expansion going forward. Um, and so everyone um, that's part of this industry or watches this industry is going to continue to see those projects coming up um, as we uh, continue to move forward. To listen to the full-length interview with Justin Kringstead with the North Dakota Pipeline Authority or to listen to other Building the Bakken interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Building the Bakken Radio is part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Be part of our social media fan club of 350,000 strong. We've got all kinds of different shale plays here under the Crude Life umbrella. My name is Jason Spies. This is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. The music on today's program is written and performed by the Moody River Band. For more information on the Moody River Band, their links, and their music, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com, and click on the Musicians tab. This is the Moody River Band. We all do what we do so we can survive. Now it's when John Lennon died. past few months i've told you about how unbelievable hatch coaching is well don't just take my word for it 
Listen to what Greg Tavine of Emerging Prairies has to say about Hatch Coaching. When I think of the world that I want to live in, it's with people that care, that take risks, that reinvent themselves, reinvent their organizations, reinvent their industries. And Eric's a model citizen for that. Uh, he's, he's trying to solve problems. He's trying to bring people into those solutions. He, he does incredibly well, but he lives generously. I think a community filled with people like Eric that are solving problems, giving it their best, and creating an environment for others to lead and soar and succeed, that's the place I want to live. And so Eric's the type of person that's in, in my community, and I'm really grateful for that. To find out more about Hatch Coaching or to have Eric Hatch speak at your event or company, visit HatchCoaching.com. That's HatchCoaching.com. Or call 701-212-1572. That's 701-212-1572. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota, is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet, the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com. Hey, folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life T-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the T-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life T-shirts now on shale. Welcome back to Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. My name is Jason Spies, and I'm your host today. Up next, Josh Swanson with Vogel Law Firm. Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm. And joining us today, Mr. Josh Swanson, Vogel Law Firm. And we're kind of following this mineral rights case in North Dakota. And a decision has been made. So we'll let the uh, good attorney talk to us about kind of what, what the decision was and uh, whether you're landowner, mineral owners, are uh, happy or dissatisfied? Well, it's deja, as, uh, as a great Yogi Berra used to say, Jason, it's deja vu all over again. The Industrial Commission adopted an order last uh, Thursday regarding the ordinary high water mark of the historic Missouri River, and as it relates to the mineral owners, some of them, including a handful of my clients, came out on the, the good side of it, the correct side legally, where the Industrial Commission recognized that the high water mark was the taking line established by the United States Army Corps of Engineers in the 1950s when they acquired all that property for Garrison Dam and Lake Sakakawea. But um, somehow, you know, how, how they got there, they decided that the state would claim 10,000 acres. They have no right to claim. They have no interest in. They're a stranger to title to those acres. But the uh, Wank study came out and said those acres are now below the ordinary high mark when the United States Army Corps of Engineers back in the 1950s decided they were above the high water mark and the minerals would be retained by the owners whose property the United States acquired for the garrison project. So really it's as simple as this, Jason. 
the state of North Dakota has decided that after those 10,000 acres, the United States can flood those acres and acquire it for the Garrison Project, and the state, not the private mineral owners, owns those minerals, which is a blatant taking under the Fifth Amendment of the United States Constitution, and also under the North Dakota Constitution, is the same, the exact same problem we had that was litigated in the Wilkinson case, which was decided by the Supreme Court, and apparently the, the attorneys working for the Industrial Commission didn't bother picking up a, a copy of the Wilkinson decision or the United States or North Dakota Constitution to take a look at the takings implication of the order that they adopted. So this this wasn't a court case. This was the Industrial Commission's vote on whether the state would get the um, mineral rights or not. Is that right? Uh, more or less, what happened was this. So back when the legislative session met, in 2017, there was Senate Bill 2134, which I know you've covered it extensively, and you and I have talked about it, and that was a bill that established, or said, here's what needs to be done to figure out what the ordinary high watermark line is with regards to the historic Missouri River. Now, what it says in that legislation, which was ultimately codified at Chapter 61-33.1 of the Century Code, was the Army Corps of Engineers line is the presumptive line. Now, the reason they set the Army Corps line as a presumptive line is because the Army Corps of Engineers was in the best position back in the 1950s to determine where the high watermark was in the 1950s. Now, there's a, a March 2016 decision by the Department of Interior that lays all this out in great deal, telling the state of North Dakota, you cannot go in there state, and decide to change the high watermark of your own volition of the historic Missouri River and say it's something else other than what the United States Corps of Engineers said it was. Well, that's exactly what the Industrial Commission did in adopting this order. The statute said that the, the state had to hire some surveyors to figure out what the ordinary high-water mark line was. What I said at the time during the legislative session was the same poison pill that the legislators were putting in the bill calling for another study has the same problems as the Bartlett and West study that led to the legislation in the first place. Now, I've, I've seen the article in the Williston Herald where there's folks that supported the bill that came out and said, well, we had to do this for certainty because of the Reef decision in 2013. That, that's horse crap. There's nothing about the Reef decision that required the Industrial Commission to adopt the Lincoln Associates line or had anything to do with the legislation. The Bartlett and West study was done five years before the decision in the Reef case was issued in 2013, and that dealt with an entirely different subject, the shore zone, which is the area between the ordinary high water mark and the ordinary low water mark. And so the NDIC is trying to, to muddy the waters. To listen to the full-length interview with Josh Swanson from Vogel Law Firm or to listen to other Building the Bakken features, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. Crude Life Media Network is part of a social media audience of over 350,000. Check out our network. Go to thecrudelife.com and click on our social media tab. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard in the Crude Life Media Network. And that concludes another awesome episode of Building the Bakken Radio. And I would like to personally thank each and every one of you who listened and tuned in our program this week. 
There are so many options out there for content and entertainment today, and we are so grateful that you have chosen Building the Mocking Radio and the Crude Life Media Network for your option today. Again, thank you once again for listening to our program, our non-political, non-polarizing program known as Building the Bakken Radio. Now, was there an interview that you wanted to check out? Well, you can access past shows, features, and full-length interviews at thecrudelife.com. We would also like to invite you to be a part of our social media network. Join our ever-growing army of energy enthusiasts. We have quite a presence in many of the shale plays, like the Permian, Eagleford, Marcellus, Niobrera, and many, many more. It's all part of the Crude Life Media Network. Check us out. If you go to crudelife.com, click on our social media tabs, we've got a list of our social media sites, over 350,000 followers. We're strong. We're growing every day when we invite you to be a part of our social media network here at the Crude Life Media Network. Now, when you're at the Crude Life Dot com, be sure to click on our sponsors page. These sponsors make this program happen. Now, we've got some outstanding sponsors here at the Crude Life Media Network, and we ask you to please support them when you can. You know what? Heck, just reach out and say hello sometime. That's nothing like a nice hello. Click on the sponsors page. Check them out, crudelife.com. Thank you once again for listening to Building the Bakken Radio this week. We will be back next week right here on this radio station at this time once again. My name is Jason Spies, and this is Building the Bakken Radio, heard on the Crude Life Media Network. Thank you once again for joining us this week, and remember, keep calm and frack on. You've been wishing you never been born. All I can say is that you try to behave and try not to get your mind blown. Seems like no matter who I talk to in the world of business these days, people are telling me about the success of Hatch Coaching. Listen to what Jeff Schatz, superintendent of the Fargo Public Schools, has to say about Eric Hatch and Hatch Coaching. I just thought that his story about how he talks about the struggles that he and his family went through and having children and how, you know, everybody has a hot mess and how, how do you deal with that in life. And I just thought that really resonates well with, you know, folks. And so... Um, I thought that would be a great message for everybody to hear. Well then, beyond that, I've also seen Eric um, do uh, some of the other things that he does with emceeing and leading other types of things that he does. He does coaching, I know, with students, um, where the principals have hired him to come and do that. So I just extended that opportunity for him to be the MC too. He was very well received. For more information, call 701-212-1572 or visit coachingwithhatch.com. That's coachingwithhatch.com. Jason Spies, the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Let's bring in Jason Spies, who is a multimedia journalist in North Dakota. Jason, what's your thought on this? My dad always listens to Jason Spies. No one does an interview like Jason Spies. Jason Spies is the most trusted voice in the Bakken. Love listening to Jason Spies on the radio, and if I miss him there, I catch him online. You know, I don't know what justifies being placed in history books, Jason, but in my book, it's in there. <laughs> this is a good thing. Is your boss watching this? Nothing. You need a raise. Hey, folks, I want to take a quick second to tell you just in time for summer, the Crude Life t-shirts are now on shale. Three different designs available. Show your support for the industry and become an energy enthusiast by living the crude life. Visit thecrudelife.com and click on the t-shirts now on shale. That's the Crude Life t-shirts now on shale. Meridian Energy Group of Belfield, North Dakota is building the most technologically advanced oil refinery on the planet. 
the Davis Refinery, a project designed to achieve emission control levels the industry has never seen before. The Davis Refinery, working for North Dakota. MeridianEnergyGroupInc.com.